Hello to everybody who sometimes uses a robot voice. It's Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call. No names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you and you'll get to know me. Hi everybody, Chris Gathered here. Welcome to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous. The show where we take phone calls and that's it. And it sounds simple, but actually it's complex because the phone calls lead to a lot of conversations where people reveal things about themselves and we all remember that humanity is out there linked because we all are living our own stories. And that's a little more complicated. Okay. Okay. What else? Thanks to everybody who came to our live tapings in San Francisco, Sacramento, and Phoenix. Very cool of you to come out. Thank you so much. It's always nice to get out to the West Coast. Keeping all these shows safe, vaccinated. The fact that people are showing up means the world. Thank you so much. I want to thank everybody in the Facebook group. The beautiful anonymous Facebook community is just, um, I, I always, I, it's like one of these things. It's, it, we've had it for years. There's 30,000 people in it, 35,000 maybe, close to that. And really cool to see. I thank everybody who's a part of that and everybody who participates over there. What a nice thing. Now, this week's episode, a little different. Uh, Straight up, it's phone sex operator. It is someone who makes money by having phone sex. That's cool. That's interesting. And right away, um, the caller sort of says that that she and I have similar roles, similar vibes, similar gigs, that this job is not so far away from phone sex. We have a lot of fun discussing that. And uh, also, we hear what phone sex is like. We maybe do a little practice run. We maybe figure out what some of the popular fetishes are out there. We talk about all sorts of stuff. And you're going to learn. It's funny. I walked away from this one going, there's just so much to talk about with phone sex. And obviously, the caller is so good on the phone. I walked away going, I, I feel like maybe I know a little bit less than I usually do about the caller, the caller's life when I end up with these you know, when we hang up the, the phone, but I kind of feel okay about this one. Cause man, the caller's good at what she does. And also tells us an aspect of her personal life at the end that I bet, I bet some of you aren't going to see coming. Anyway, it's a really, really great one. Enjoy this call. Thank you for calling beautiful anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm well. Is this Chris? It is. Hi, Chris. <laughs> I like your I like your vibe already. <laughs> oh my goodness! I hope everything's going well for you today. It is. It is. It's a. It's a little stressful being a uh, a Democrat in New Jersey today, as we all kind of bite our oh. fingernails waiting to see if the governor's race is going to fall apart. But outside of that, I'm healthy. I'm happy. Well, what more can you ask for, truly? Yeah. Except a Democratic governor. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, except uh, knowing, knowing, knowing who the leadership will be and wondering how the tides turn so quickly as they often do in this state. But that's me. That's me. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I got a COVID booster shot just hours uh, before I got the text from your producer. So my voice is a little wonky today. Mm-hmm. And I apologize for that. If I get a little scratchy, it's, you know, fall out from the booster shot. You sound great. I got my booster oh, shot last week and uh, I felt really good to go do it. And the side effects were rough, just like the, uh, mm-hmm. just like the second shot. But I'm glad yeah, I got the booster. It feels good to keep it safe. The guy who was doing the tests decided to offer me my flu shot at the same time, which for some reason I thought was a great idea. But, uh, ow! My arm's not moving real well today. Did you get same arm or two different arms? Oh, I'm an idiot. I did both arms. and I did both shots in the same arm. No, you're not an idiot. You're smarter than I am. I'm the idiot who went one on each shoulder. And then that night, that night when I wanted to sleep, any direction I rolled, I'd rolled, I'd roll over onto a, an ejection site and wake up howling in pain. So I had one arm with extra owl, and you had two arms with a pretty hefty baseline owl. 
yeah, I would, I would, if I could go back and change one thing, I'd get them both in one arm, take yeah. one arm out for the night. And that way I can roll up on the other side and actually get a night of sleep. Well, I drive a stick, so I really don't like to have anything that hurts on my right hand or my right arm, you know? I hear you. I hear you. It's a real car. <laughs> what is your deal? I'm a little biased. You have a deal, and I like your deal, but I can't figure out what your deal is. But there's a deal here. What do you mean? Why I drive a, a, a stick? I, I, no, you're, you are a charming and comfortable human being in a way I am jealous of. Oh, well, I've had a lot of practice talking to strangers on the phone in very amicable ways. <laughs> the, the hell does that mean? <laughs> I thought I'm the only person who says that. Oh, no, no. Um, but you don't charge $2 a minute for it. Oh, okay. <laughs> we talking psychic or sexier? <laughs> So, yes, among many other things I do, I, uh, I answer calls on uh, night flirt, and uh, I talk to an amazingly diverse group of people, some of whom I've been talking to for five, six, seven years. So, I'm, I can't say I'm familiar with night flirt. I think that's what you said, night flirt? Yeah, yeah. N-I-T-E-F-L-I-R-T. My guess is that this is some sort of service where people people pay money to call this line and then you get a portion of that money. Um, I get the lion's share of it, actually. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, but, you do. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a service where uh, uh, people like me can advertise their services and callers can uh, call and... The service uh, makes sure both phones are connected anonymously to each other, which is awesome. And they process all the credit cards. So, yeah, that's worth a chunk to me. I don't have to do any of that. And and then if someone enjoys what you bring to the table, you say you have people who've been calling you for five or six years? Oh, yeah, yeah. I have people that I've been talking to um, weekly or sometimes, you know, several times a week for a long time. And my very first caller still calls me. <laughs> your very first caller calls you. And does this caller know that they were your first caller? Yes, they do. They do. That might be why they continue to call me. And I don't just get people from the U.S. I get people from all over the world. Now, okay, I'll I'll start asking all the questions. We all know that there's some. We all know that there's some. I got some thoughtful ones I'm thinking about, and definitely <laughs> some more basic, the sensationalistic ones. You ready? Okay, okay. I, as I tell my callers, I'm impossible to offend or shock, unless you're trying to offend me. And that will shock me and it will hurt my feelings. So there's that. Oh, you get all this for $2 an hour. What is it? Two, how, how much is it? $2 a minute? Uh, one ninety nine a minute on some lines. On other lines, it's two thirty five a minute. Oof, that's pretty good. Yeah, it pays the bills. And now, ostensibly, this means you've probably heard a lot of people pleasure themselves over the phone over the years. Oh, I hear some, yeah. Now, how's that? Is that, I would imagine that's, I mean, you say you've been doing it for over five, six years at least. I imagine this is oh, a yeah. thing you get used to. Well, it's, it's kind of like what you do. Um, cool. You know how you're sort of an impromptu therapist sometimes without intending to be? Yeah, yeah. And how you never know who you're going to get when you pick up the phone. Mm -hmm. But that you always approach it with a certain amount of compassion. Mm -hmm. And same thing. Same thing. I figure, you know, if, if people want to use our time together for that, then more power to them. Um, there's not enough feeling good in the world. 
I'm happy I can increase it a little bit, you know? Now, if someone calls you once a week, or you say sometimes even more than once a week for years, mm -hmm. I have to yeah. imagine that's not about short term, I'm just going to get off on the phone. Uh, oh, no, not at all. In fact, the vast majority of my callers are not people, you know, who are just looking to get off on the phone. Because that's not really what I do. I, um, I offer, you know, something more personal, something more complete, someone they can actually get to know and actually talk to about things that actually matter to them. Again, very similar to what you do. Mm-hmm. I'm buying it. I'm buying it. <laughs> Good. Good. Because I would, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd never blow smoke up your skirt over this. Okay. you. This. That's not the first time you've used that phrase. <laughs> oh, I can't remember the first time I used most phrases. Uh-huh. I mean, when you talk for a living, you say a lot of things. There are probably some words I've never said on the phone, but I have no idea what they might be. Now, how do you... What? Well, it's, <laughs> Don't be shy. I'm listening. No, it's just sort of like, which question do I want to ask first? Because on some... Okay, let's start with this. We'll start with this one. When you get people who are calling these lines, maybe they're a one-time caller, or yeah. maybe it's early on. My guess yeah. would be that in 2021, maybe some mm -hmm. people utilizing services like this are doing this because they're putting on display for you or exploring with you aspects of their lives that are remaining private otherwise. Is this true or false? Yes, very much so. Very much so. So, so and, you might get um, some guy calling up saying, like, I really want somebody to step on my nuts, but I'm scared to ask a woman to do it in real life. Will you do it? That oh, yeah, type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes we'll do a little role play scenario or we'll do a little storytelling session where I try and make that as real to them as I can so they'll understand whether or not it's an experience they really want to have. And, and people bring everything to me, Chris, everything. Anything you can think of, I've talked to people about it, I promise. I got to ask what some of the common ones are that you see in your line of work and what some of the more unusual ones you've encountered are. Um, there's a difference between common and common for me. I write my listings in such a way that um, um, someone who just, you know, wants a quick thrill to talk to a, a woman who makes sound effects and, oh, daddy, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> I don't do that. So I write my listings in such a way that those people will find me incredibly boring and won't pick up the phone to call me. But people who like intelligence and vocabulary and playfulness and intimacy, they call. So from that group, uh, common things are uh, domination. A lot of people like to be controlled. Um, sometimes in an abusive and humiliating way, and sometimes in sort of a, a loving, compassionate way. Um, but that's very common. Um, I get a lot of specialty stuff. I get people who like, you know, the weird things. I do a lot of superhero role plays, a really? lot. Sometimes I'm the hero, sometimes I'm the villain. Mm -hmm. And I love that. My superhero guys are amazing. And we obviously have to pause there. My superhero guys are amazing. I'm a big fan of superheroes. I grew up addicted to Marvel comic books. I still love them. Cannot wait to hear more about what this is about. We'll be right back. Thanks to our advertisers now. Let's get back to the steamy, sultry world of our caller. You know, the weird things. I do a lot of superhero role plays. A lot. Really? Sometimes I'm the hero. Sometimes I'm the villain. 
Mm-hmm. And I love that. My superhero guys are amazing. So multiple multiple guys who are regular callers who want to role play as superhero situations. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. That, that maybe get a little more R rated or a little more steamy than you might read well, in a comic book. Mine get a little NC seventeen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there are some people who are very much into robot fetish. Sometimes they're the robot and I'm a technician. Sometimes I'm the robot. Um, But they're all individual things. I mean, every kink that people experience is experienced differently by each individual that's into it. So one of the the important parts of uh, developing a relationship with a specialist is to uh, get a phone call where we spend some time really talking about what they like and what they need and, you know, what they get a kick out of. And I, I try and get a good feel for who they are and what they're seeking. And then I try and make sure I can throw in at least one twist or surprise. Now, they weren't expecting, but fits right in with what they're looking for. That's That's kind of what... I'm proud of stuff that I can do. Now that I can tell you, I can't sit here and claim that I'm well-versed in this world. I can tell you right there, that's, that separates you. I bet, I bet there's a, I, that's, that's how you keep going and you have long-term clients for years. Cause you're saying, I want to figure out what's making these people tick. I want to give mm-hmm. them what they're asking for. And then I want to yeah. make, maybe make some, assumptions and kind of extend what they're asking for. And that's when people, that's when somebody goes, well, I got to call back because this is a person who figures out how to further it and not just. Yeah. I don't know that I make assumptions, Mm -hmm. but I will, I will send out feelers, you know, if I'm not sure. You will intuit, you will intuit where they would like it. They're already opening up and risking a little bit by telling you something they're nervous to say. So you'll intuit, hey, what's even further behind this door? And if you Mm. give them that, oh, that must be heaven for some people with some kinks. Oh, yeah. it's um, And it's very rewarding for me because I know on the other end of the phone is someone who feels known, they feel understood, they feel seen and they feel normal and I mean, that's that's an amazing gift to give to someone Hmm. i really like that now i want to yeah. circle back to you say you've had robot fantasies over the years you, yeah. it sounds like this is more than once and you said it was something i found interesting you say sometimes you're the technician so does this mm-hmm. go along the lines of someone's a robot and maybe they're not functioning and then you get in there and you like oil up their gear and repair them yeah and that's Remove very invasive. Parts, run diagnostics, punch a bunch of buttons, turn things on and off, reboot them a couple of times. The real fun is when they don't know they're a robot. Wait, what do you mean? How's that go? <laughs> well, I mean, they call you in character for the role play already. And they're speaking to you as if they're a person. And so they believe they're a person. They don't know they're a robot, and I have to find a way to work the role play uh, into an area where I can see what kind of problems this unit is having without, you know, blowing the secret. Because they never really work right the same after that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Once they know they're robots, you know? Yeah, yeah, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they might come in, they might they might just be coming to visit um a doctor because they've been trying to play tennis and they've got this their knee, there's just a hitch in their knee, and then you do an x ray and you go, There's nothing in here but gears and gizmos. What's going on? And now they're meeting with this well, ho- this reality. I almost a robot. I almost always when I'm not the robot myself, I almost always am a very skilled uh technician. And frequently, when people like to play that they don't know they're a robot, uh, they'll be sent to me, you know, by a boss or a coworker or something to either pick up, you know, a package or deliver something. And that's the premise for getting them into the shop. And then I have to kind of 
know, work the improvisation around to where I can take them apart, see what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And then sometimes I bet they'll, are, are there people who, I would imagine maybe somebody who has this fetish, there's a part of it that's like they want to be completely disassembled, but their central processing unit can still perceive everything, but you've completely disassembled mm-hmm. them and spread them out yeah. on the floor. Yeah, yeah. And and sometimes, you know, they have like, uh, <laughs> like Bluetooth or radio frequency links to their various parts. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I turn off their consciousness and tell them what I'm doing to their recognized parts while they're out of the picture. Um, it's different for everybody. Okay. Everybody's different. Let's and some tr- people like to malfunction while I'm doing my repairs, and then I have to deal with that. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's pretend that you and I haven't spoken. Let's pretend that you have clocked in for a shift and a call comes in. I'm on the other line. Is it okay if you put on a few minutes of a display here, even though I know I'm not paying you $2 an hour for it? Are you comfortable? Oh, yeah. You, you, you want to do like a, a call that looks like a typical call of mine? Yeah. Sure. Maybe I'll just propose something and see how you react. I'll just throw some stuff against the wall. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And you just handle it um, as you would handle it. And I kind of, I want to see you in work as someone who, I'm getting the <laughs> sense, is pretty masterful at this craft. Well, we'll find out, won't we? Um, so my phone rings yeah. and the automated attendant will tell me whether this is an established client or a new customer. So I've been basically told that you're a new customer and you're calling in on my most popular line, which is my role play line. Hi. Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm great. Who's this? Oh, my name's Chris. Chris. Hi, Chris. I'm Reagan. So nice to meet you. Thanks Which, for course, taking my call I'm, tonight. I'm I, a little, I've never, you probably hear this all the time, but it's true for me. I don't, I've not, I haven't done this before. So uh, I'm just oh, that's okay. feeling it. I, I promise you. Time. Yeah. I am so easy to talk to. You just, you won't have any problem at all. Just tell me what's on your mind. I mean, I, I want to hear it. Well, you know, I, uh, I got to tell you, I work, I'm, I'm really proud of my job, but like a lot of people, it kind of squeezes me dry and I'm in a, I'm in a position where like I'm in charge of a whole team. Uh, you uh-huh. might say that I'm kind of like a, someone who has to be a leader and there's a lot of pressure on that. And I don't necessarily feel yeah. like I need to be vulnerable every day. And yeah. Um, yeah. when I really let my guard down, I, uh, I think I'm interested in maybe finding finding a woman who can kind of put me in my place and take all that power away. Oh, wow. When you say put you in your place, do you have something specific in mind, either part of your sexual behavior, sexuality, or about, say, your physical liberty? You want to be, well, captive. You want to not be able to have any say at all in the things that are happening to you. And maybe there are certain physical sensations you'd like. I mean, some people are into pain. I'm not saying that you should try that. But um, surely there's something you're curious about. I guess I would just say, you know, I'm someone who um, usually I have to lay out the rules to everybody else. And usually the buck stops with me. And I guess I'm just really interested in maybe letting off some steam where it's the opposite, where someone else dictates to me how things are going to go. All right. And if I fail them, I wouldn't, I, I guess I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind being, being punished. punished. I wouldn't mind having some physical reminders that I need to, that I, I, I'm not the one who's always in charge. Um, Chris. Yeah. When was the last time someone turned you over near me and spanked you? Oh, it's been decades, but that sounds lovely. Oh, lovely. Well, then we've got it. So uh, one one last uh, bit of detail. Do you want someone who's cruel and unforgiving or someone who's sadistic and delights in tormenting you or someone who's nurturing, who's doing this for your own good? Definitely not the last one. I'm thinking <laughs> sadistic. I'm thinking sadistic. And delighted in their own sadistic nature. 
Well, well, well. So, your producer told you to come by my studio tonight, yes? Yeah, yeah, and I did what I was told. Did your producer say why you were to come here? Hmm? No, um, she was sort of vague about it. Um, mm. I found that a little unusual because usually, you know, usually um, as the host, I get maybe pampered a little bit or, or listened to, but Anita said like, yeah, you know, you've, you've been in a weird space and she just wrote down this address and said, I think this could straighten you out. Chris, about being pampered a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Does it ever occur to you that people might not enjoy tending to you in that way? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel... I feel guilty about it. I feel silly about it. Um, I do. I do. I feel guilty about that. I don't love that feeling. Yeah. Then I suppose you think you deserve to be punished. I do. I really do. I go over to the wall and I, I pick up a small chair, a bent wood chair with no arms. And I set it in the middle of the room where there's free space all around me. Yeah. And then I put a little bag, like a leather doctor's bag, on the floor next to the chair. And then I sit in the chair and I say, I'm going to spank you. Okay. Well, okay. you acquiesced very easily to that. So I know let's see I if we can come up I know I deserve this. with something you like a little less. Come over here. Okay, yes. Stand here. Yes, yes, ma'am. Yes. Drop your trousers. Uh-huh. Okay, yes. Underpants, too. Okay. Now, bend over my lap. Mm-hmm. And think about ways that you need to change. Yeah. So that you won't be so bad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. That's and good. And then... I would spank you, and it would continue until you gave me some kind of audible signal that you'd had enough. Wow. If you were an actual caller. That was incredible. Well done. You're good at this. <laughs> and, and some people want to be spanked until they cry. Yeah, yeah. And some people want you to do terrible, terrible things to them when they're vulnerable over your lap like that. So. Some people need to be hugged and told they were very brave. Uh huh. <laughs> it's all different depending on the on who the caller is. And I have to imagine part of being good at this, realizing that you're good at this, is figuring out that you're someone who can suss out pretty quickly where people want that to head. That yeah. is a skill. You set. have to. You have to read people, and again, like we were talking about earlier, you have to approach it with compassion. Yeah. You have to approach it with a genuine desire to relate to this person and, you know, join them in this, this special place they have. And uh, I'm a guest in that special place. I want to contribute beneficially to it. And sometimes beneficially means, you know, beat them bloody yeah. yep. <laughs> over the telephone. So, of course, no one gets mm-hmm. actually beaten. But, um, yeah, you, you just, they're making themselves vulnerable to me, and I appreciate that, and I don't want them ever to regret it. Now, so many questions. Now, having gone through this mini session, I'm going, oh, wow, okay, you mm-hmm. are... You are good at this, and and like you said, not going to offend you. I do have a question about this. People call up, they want to be superheroes, robots. I get it. That's stuff that someone might, you know, if you put that in your Tinder profile right out of the gate, someone might find that, quote unquote, strange. And there's probably <laughs> a, lot, a yeah. lot of people who probably feel a little strange about their proclivities or their clinks, and you are someone they can lean on for that. Maybe you're someone they can do their early exploration with that. And I can see maybe people are getting comfortable with their own skin. That's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. There are a couple of questions I have in regards to there's certain things yeah. that are taboo yeah. where you sit here and you go, well, why is that taboo? That's silly. This person should be able to explore it and I'm happy to explore it. You can't throw at me for a loop. Great. Other things that first are taboo. First you have to realize. Oh, yes. Go. First you have to realize that everyone who says the word taboo mm. means something completely different by it. Mm-hmm. You know? So if someone calls me and they want to know if I do taboo role play, they could be talking about illegal things that I am not allowed to discuss. They That's could be talking ask. about being a home wrecker who's trying to make them cheat on their wife. Or they could be talking about butt sex, you know? Everyone thinks of something different when they say taboo. And what they mean is taboo for me. Right. You know? Right. Their own taboo. Well, Right. So when you get to someone who's into domination, it must actually Mm -hmm. be, I would actually imagine there's been situations where you go, this is kind of beautiful to realize this person thinks this is so weird. And then you're talking them through it and helping them realize, actually, it's not that weird. Um, You'd be surprised how normal everybody is, Chris. mm -hmm. I think, I think every sexual person is a little bit different from every other. And I think the the vast majority of us have interests or things that excite us that are outside um, the mainstream things that we talk about on network television. I, I think it's the rule that people have a kink or a fetish or something they want to explore. I don't, I don't think that's the exception at all. Right. Now you mentioned there's things that people call up and you go, that's illegal or that's outside of a certain moral comfort zone that, that I'm comfortable with. How do you react to that? Like I have to imagine that in the same way that some people might be calling because they've always kept this hidden and you and I are discussing it's, you know, everybody wants what they want and, and explore it as long as it's within bounds. Are there rules for when it's out of bounds? Like say, say you've, asked me to do something that if it were real life would be clearly illegal. I mean, the big one that uh, we're dancing around is I bet there's people who call up lines like this and might ask someone to pretend to be underaged. That's a really concerning thing that I bet has to happen. Yes. And that is against the terms of service of the website that I work through. And um, when someone starts off in that direction, I'll kind of jump in as quickly as I can and say, unfortunately, the terms of service of the site require that all characters in all uh, fantasies be 18 years of age or older. So maybe what you meant to tell me is that shortly after your 18th birthday, you have this experience with the woman next door. Mm, and you and, give them a chance. Yeah, yeah. And and um, many of them will say, yes, yes, that's exactly how old I was. I was several days after my 18th birthday. And some people who really want the specific thing, they'll say, yeah, no, no thanks. And, and they'll hang up. Which is good because I... I don't want to violate the terms of service, you know. Number one, there are some things that I don't feel real comfortable turning into a fantasy. Mm-hmm. And, and they're not necessarily the things that, that you expect. I, for example, am entirely about consent. And if someone wants to do a fantasy where there is a party involved who is not consenting to this, mm-hmm. I have a problem with that. Let's pause right there. I think we're all happy to hear that. You can let out a breath and listen guilt-free knowing that the caller has drawn some of these lines for us. It's awesome. Momentum's broken. I think we should do some ads. Let's go ahead and get those done. We'll be right back. Thanks again to everybody who advertises on the show. You're the reason we get to put it out here. Now let's finish off this phone call. And if someone wants to do a fantasy where there is a party involved who is not consenting to this, mm-hmm. I have a problem with that. Right. I have a problem with that. Or if, God forbid, 
they want to do things to me that I would not consent to. Well, <laughs> no, we don't let that happen. Right. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Yeah. And now, what about these things that have become... <laughs> Because you've been doing this enough years now that it's become kind mm -hmm. of a trope or a joke that yeah. in recent years, there's been a real surge in popularity of a certain type of pornography. I'm wondering if you already know what I'm talking about. Well, I wonder if you realize that there's three or four things that could fit what you're <laughs> describing. I'm talking about the cliche of stepsister, stepmom, sort of, is it is it incestuous or is it not relationship? That's become a thing that a lot of people have pointed out has become really big in recent years. Do you, do, when, when there are trends in the world of pornography, do you find those trends start to track with the types of calls you get? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, uh, hot wife is a very big trend right now. That's uh, cuckoldry. A man who wants to be in a devoted relationship to the character that I'm playing, but never, ever, ever gets to have sex with her because real men get to do that. And, and he's so often forced popular. to watch. He's often forced to watch. Um, everyone's different. Some right. people want to listen. Some people want to spy. Some people want to watch but not participate. Some people want to unwillingly participate, but since it's their scenario, that's implicit consent, so I'm okay with that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. they might watch and you so play, a w play a wife who is cheating on them and they catch you and find out they're into it in the moment, that type of thing? Um, that's one of infinite number of scenarios <laughs> that that can be. I mean, some people, the wife's just had enough and decides to take control of her life, and it includes your sexuality. Mm -hmm. And she just lays it all out to her husband. This is how it's going to be from now on. And for some people, they want to know that their wife or girlfriend is sneaking around. And um, for some people, the scenario is that the husband or the boyfriend has come to the partner and said, this gets me hot. I want you to try it. Mm. So really, it covers all the angles. I like that you said and to the, the partner. Same, I can speak. There's a lot of listeners who heard you say that pause. You know, they want to come to the partner. And, and we're not sure where that was going to go at that exact juncture. Of the sentence. <laughs> that well-placed pause. Well done. Well done. You'd, um, you'd be surprised the, the types of language that I don't use and I can still be very effective at my job. Mm -hmm. uh, I this is fascinating. <laughs> what fascinates you the most, Chris? Well anything surprised you yet? Well because you, you you know you were saying before, oh it's a lot like your job, it's a lot like your job and and part of you yeah. is I, I, having fun and giving me the business and making me blush, but part of it's also true. And I wonder if mm -hmm. one of the things you have is like me, it's like, well, when you hang up for the day and you're done with your shift and you go, oh, you know what? I'm going to treat myself to a Starbucks. When you're, you're probably yeah. like me where you're standing on that Starbucks line and looking up and down everybody in that line and you're just thinking very differently about the world and who they are and who they might be. It must alter. It, you must be one of the kindred spirits who can see that in the same way I do. I... When I was much, much, much younger, because I'm probably older than you think, um, when I was much younger, I made, you know, judgments and had various values and unvalued things about other people's sexual practice. Uh, but the older I've gotten, the more I've realized that it's completely normal to be a little weird, to be a little bent, to have something that you like that you don't necessarily share with the rest of the world. So I just assume that everybody I see, you know, is either a man wearing panties under his clothes or a woman who's 
locks her boyfriend in a chastity device and wears the key around her neck or, <laughs> you know, something like that. Yeah. And now I just assume that everybody's got something. Everybody's and if got they something. want me to know what it is, they'll tell me. Um, now we've presupposed, you know, the idea that this is a thing you do. You said it's one of many things you do. And then you also are in, in real life. Do you, you know, it's adjusted your view of other people in the world. Yeah. I guess a sensitive but personal question, but it's the nature of this show. Has Please. doing this job opened up any horizons in your own sexual life that you didn't anticipate? Well, I <laughs> I don't know that that's something that would have been really easy to do. I've always been a very experimental, very exploratory. Um, I've been polyamorous all my life, so I've only ever done monogamy accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I have a lot of friends who are into kink, who are into BDSM, who are into all sorts of things. And, um, you know, I, I, I move in a lot of overlapping circles, you know, for people who have specialty interests. And um, I, I would suppose the biggest change that, that the last seven years have, have brought about through my job is that oh, I, I, I like people more, you know. I give more people the benefit of the doubt. What's that thing that's always wrongly attributed to Plato? Uh, be kind to everyone you meet before they're fighting a hard battle or something like that. Yeah, I've, got, I've gotten a real sense of that. I love it. Since, yeah. And you yeah. Know, you, you've brought up that you've always been someone ex interested in exploring kink, someone who is polyamorous. Um, yeah someone who's quote unquote non-traditional. So I have to imagine, cause I was going to ask you, how does one find your way into this line of work? But I have to imagine if you're already someone who's exploring these sides of yourselves. Then... Oh no, no. It's so much more simple than that. Okay. You get into this line of work by getting fired from your job. Oh, <laughs> that's that. <laughs> if you have to replace a substantial income fairly quickly, this is one way to do it. Can I ask? And, you know, you, yeah. Well, I just want to ask, like, broad range. What do you, what do you pull down annually? What do I pull down, or what is it possible for people who do what I do to pull down? There's a difference. Like, oh, I mean, that's a fascinating answer that I need you to elaborate on. Um, I have a friend that I uh, work with who also is on Night Flirt, and he does um, uh, hypnotism audios and he makes more in a year than I ever did at a straight job and I was a website developer so we'll give you that all right so you can make a legit yeah. living wage just doing this there's people paying yeah. mortgages just by being yeah. very skilled at yeah. at perpetuating people's yeah. fantasies on the phone Wow. And I think there would be so many more people doing either this kind of sex work or other kinds of sex work if it were legal in this country. Now, what I do is legal, but there are a lot of people out there that would like to work in these fields that don't because, you know, they don't want to get arrested. So I think legalizing or at least decriminalizing most sex work is something that we as a nation are long overdue for. I hear you. The more I read up on it and the more I um, learn, the more I'm on the same page with you. And I can say in general, yeah. pe people, you know, first of all, like people wagging their fingers moral, you know, from a moral perspective just never works for me. And I can also say that- These are the, these are the same Republican men who call me at two o'clock in the morning and want to have a homosexual game break scenario where they're a jogger in the park who's attacked by a bunch of men. And you're what the, you're just like the narrator describing that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying most of the people who wag fingers 
at um, the sexual entertainment industry are people who have some of you know the guiltiest inclinations that we deal with. You know, they they hate themselves. They think what they what they're doing is dirty, bent, twisted, wrong, warped, or something. Right. When really it's just well within the normal variation of of the human experience. You know, I also feel like just just yes. just in general to get one thing on record, I would say, I anybody who worries about sex work, I, I would say. Yeah read up on the horrors of human trafficking. And yes. it's one of the things where I, I go, when you read about what happens with human trafficking, it is some of the greatest evil that happens on earth. It is. And it truly go, is. Well, what's one of the ways that you can take away the power of the people perpetuating that? Well, you can legalize many forms of sex work or decriminalize, as yes. you say, and it would come yes. up from the underground. It would make people not feel like they have to live in yes. the shadows to hide from authorities. And it would mean people are reporting things a lot more. So you sit here, I go, whatever Austin. bad you think sex work is causing, trafficking is worse. And if, if yeah. one can and, solve and the other, it would be a good thing. Fosta Sesta, uh, a very misguided pair with bits of legislation. Ostensibly, uh, it exists to curb human trafficking. It does absolutely nothing to impact uh, having young women and children and young men taken into sexual servitude. But what it does do is it makes it impossible for escorts, for example, to um, have enough of a clientele to pay the bills. If there is a thing that exists and your choice can be to push it underground and pretend it doesn't exist or yeah. keep an eye on it and regulate it, I just feel more and more, I, I feel like this, I have my, my good friend Murph has really been teaching me a lot and doing a lot of public work about um, harm prevent, harm reduction and harm prevention in the drug user world where you go, yeah, you know, if, it, if you decriminalize some hard drugs, now you can give people clean needles and that stops the spread of diseases that come along with yeah. it when people feel like yeah. they can't come up from the underground to seek those things out. Maybe that's where, maybe it's time to adjust our sense of compassion and how to give it to each other to quote unquote solve problems. Maybe we need to redefine exactly what the problem is and, and how to make the world a better place in light of them. That's just me. You and I understand how um, beneficial that approach would be. But the people who are trying to force all of this stuff uh, into a place where they don't have to see it. These people don't have compassion, mm. you know, for uh, a single mom who's trying to pay the bills through, you know, a little work as a dominatrix or something. They, they see sex workers and, and other types of marginalized people, drug users, etc. Um, they see them as less than human, so they don't really care if the laws are pushing those people into poverty or causing the spread of disease because they're not people to those people. They're those people. And there's a difference. There are no those people. It's all just us. We're yeah. all equally people. But the ones who are... Go ahead. I was just going to say, when you were earlier telling me about some of the intricacies of what uh, people who fetishize being a robot think about, yeah. I never expected yeah. it to also take a term about um, the way that humanity is humanity and we have to remove judgment from the picture in order to better the world. I didn't see those two things coming. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, you know, I feel like I'm doing my part. I feel like... While I'm not really applying my politics <laughs> in the workplace, I like to think that I've created a world for myself and, and my regular callers to exist in where there's a lot of acceptance and a lot of compassion and, you know, where people aren't being assholes to each other. Well, let me put the screws to you on one thing, because I love what you're saying. I think they're, like, you, you know, as you've indicated, 
helping people who maybe feel shame, feel less shame. I love mm-hmm. that. Um, having, Sex is so stupidly stigmatized. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and, and so much of what you're saying, it sounds like our morals line up. Here's one question I will put to you. And it sounds like you're a very thoughtful person. So I'm sure you've thought about mm-hmm. this. So $2 okay. a minute ain't cheap. No. You got some people who call you all the time for years. There's yeah. also things in this world like sex addiction, where there might be people yes. who are opening up their checkbooks or tapping into credit cards and getting themselves in a lot of trouble with with uh, services like these. Yes. How do you reconcile and you that? Learn, well, I don't want to be a predator. You know, uh, I know there are a lot of people that work in my industry who are predators and who are happy to be predators. And that's not really what I want to do. But all of us, you know, whether we're specifically predatory or not, you develop a knack for identifying those people um, fairly early. They have a pattern. And um, one of the first tells is they delete their account and then create a new one and start calling you with a different username. And I've had callers that changed their user account three, four, five, six times. And, um, you know, those are, those are people that I, I try to make a conscious effort when they call again to say, hey, I don't mean to keep you if you've got other things that you need to be doing. It's okay if you need to go do them. I don't mind. Is there any industry-wide, st- like you brought up before the terms of service, is there yeah. any is there any sort of infrastructural, like, hey, here's how we spot addiction and don't exploit it from the infrastructural end, or is that something that's kind of lacking in this world? Well, because... What we do is not really in the mainstream, although it certainly is for people who meet me. I I don't hide what I do. I don't lie what I do. Um, I just tell everybody. And most people are incredibly accepting of it. They think it's very interesting. But because most people don't do that, we don't really have infrastructure. We don't really have institutions, you know, the night flirt service has their own terms of service, mostly because they need to be protected uh, from people putting illegal things on their servers, because they can get shut down if people put illegal things on their servers. And since I'd like to keep my job, I absolutely, you know, support those terms of service. But phone sex workers talking to each other, it's kind of spread out. You know, it's more sparsely populated. You might have a forum group here, a forum group there, but there isn't anyone that I've come across who's offering education or who's attempting to uh, maybe find a way to explain what it is that we do for people who want to take this as a career, because there's a lot of misconceptions about what it is that we do. That's a fair answer. I would, I would just yeah. put that out there as maybe uh, some constructive criticism as someone who supports, um, yeah. supports the idea of decriminalizing stuff. The, yeah. The idea of if there was a way to put a safeguard in place that goes, hey, if there's somebody out here who has a real problem and they're about to tank their mortgage or they're about to tank their kid's school tuition because they have an yeah. addiction, that we're, mm-hmm. I would put that challenge out there. Hey, yeah. The, the 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 company that builds that is one that gets an even bigger thumbs up from me as far as who gives a shit if a Republican wants to get on the phone and tell you to put a pair up his butt. I don't care. Go do it. <laughs> I wish you didn't have to hide that. I wish you could just take a pair up the butt in real life. Who cares exactly. about that? If we can get the more because, safeguards you know, to keep everybody safe, let's do it. Financial, emotional, can, physical, all of it. You can walk around with a pair up your butt and still stand for fiscal responsibility. They're not mutually exclusive, you know? Listen, you can can want a government that doesn't overreach um, and doesn't affect your day-to-day life more than it has to, keeps its hands Mm -hmm. off, spend Mm -hmm. small, and you can firmly grip fruit inside your butt at the same time. 
<laughs> I'm with you. One has nothing or to do with the other. Or wear panties or get locked up in a cage in someone's basement on the weekend or, you know, it. whatever it is they're into. Pick your safe word and go have a ball, everybody. That's my official yeah. policy on all of it. Yeah. As long as everybody's keeping it safe. I've said it a million times on the show. Have fun. Go be safe. Have fun. Explore it. Um, weird question, but okay. one that I have to ask. It's a gross question. Okay. So <laughs> you've mentioned that you, you know, the 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 side of the work that is more intriguing to you is long-term callers, developing relationships, helping people through this. But you do occasionally get people call and they just they're in a mood and they need to get off. This is a thing that happens. I also know that the the trope that goes along with being guys, you know, there's the old joke of like people watch pornography until the second they climax and then you're done. You never know how the story ends. Are there yeah. people who will finish and then just stay on the phone with you for a while? And if so, is that yeah. awkward? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not awkward. How um, long after climaxing has someone stayed on the phone with you? Oh, good Lord. Um, there are some people that, just hang up. They don't even say goodbye. And then there are some people who wait till they can catch their breath and then, you know, say thanks for the call and say goodbye and all of that. And then there are some people who say, and so how are you doing? You know, and how's your cat? And, Uh Uh (laughs) you you know, we just jaw like friends, which, you know, I feel. Does that also mean like, (laughs) do you ever have like somebody who's pretending to be a pirate? Let's say you've mentioned superheroes, robots. I'll say pirate. Also, we had a previous caller who was a pirate. Um, Do you ever have somebody who's like got a fetish and then they finish, then they climax. And then all of a sudden they're asking about their cat, but it's like, they're not a pirate anymore. Now it's just Gary is asking you how you're doing. Chris, I'm an actor. I've been an actor all my life. So dropping in and out of character is just not a problem for me. And it's not a problem when I see other people doing it too. So someone will be there like, yes, twist my gears, get my diodes connected back. Yes, I'm a robot. Yes. And and maybe in this case, they're comfortable with you and and they're pleasuring themselves and you're providing this service Uh and they can't buy. And then they finish and then they just turn around and they're like, oh, how's the weather where you are? And they're just, at that point, they're just the same person they are in their cubicle the other, the rest of their life. A lot of my regulars are marked by a little conversation up front, a little exchange of ideas of of what's coming up, and then uh, a play scenario of some kind, Uh and then a little conversation on the end. That's that's real typical for a lot of my regular callers. And then a question I'm sure you get a lot too, that I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, whether intentionally or unintentionally. Have you ever encountered someone who's spoken to you on the phone in everyday life? Long, long ago, um, the first time I did this, I worked in a call center. And yes, (laughs) one of my exes called. And I'm certain that's who it was. I'm certain of it. (laughs) And that was weird. Did this ex figure Um, out it was you? No, no. Did you, and did you find a reason to ski daddle, or did you go through the call? I did call. I mean, it is my livelihood. I, I do have this. cats to feed, you know. And was this ex so revealing things about their their inner desires that you never knew when you were dating? Yeah, but I don't use that against them. That wouldn't be that wouldn't be cool. No, I'm not saying in a way of judgment. It must just be so fascinating that all of a sudden this person's going, oh, I want this and I want that. And you're going, I'm pretty sure I know who you are. And you never said any of that to me. That must just be (laughs) such a head spinning moment for you. Yeah, it it was weird. Um, But that's only the only time that that's happened, that that I've got someone that I I definitely identified as, as someone that I knew. Well, that's amazing. That's amazing. And that was, um, I guess it's very uncommon. Now, I have had regulars who call back under a different username Mm -hmm. and pretend to be a different person, and they don't expect me to recognize them. But of course I do, you know, because I know their voice. But I play along, and I I go along with 
whatever it is this persona of theirs is, is going to be into. But when they call me back as the regular persona, I'll ask them, hey, was that you? Blah, 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 blah. And most of the time they'll laugh and go, yeah, that was. I go, oh, great. Now. Is that just because maybe the, like uh, armchair psychologists, like they have a separate fantasy, so they want to keep that separate as they explore that and they don't want to spoil the regular rhythm of your of your relationship? Could be. Could be because some people, when you've been talking to them for years and years and years, there's a serious amount of world building that's happened. I mean, there are characters and there is... <laughs> Uh, government and there is uh, technology and some of them are, are science fiction space operas and do you keep notes um, no no i just remember them because i have to say even when we were doing our little uh practice run before i did have a moment where I, it was like oh it's, this is kind of like a sexual dungeons and dragons where you're the you're the gm you're the one running the yeah game. kind of yeah. felt like that Except no dice. No, no dice. Although I, I have used dice. But not in the same uh, way as D&D. Well, or, yeah, actually, for people who, who want control taken away from them, I'll give them five really horrible possibilities and one really pleasant one, and then I'll roll the die. And of course, they're going to get one of the horrible possibilities. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. I love yeah. it. And even if there were five really pleasant ones and one horrible one, I'd roll the die and it would land on the horrible one. Yeah, because that's what Guaranteed. they secretly crave. Every time. That's what they crave. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, yeah. we have a minute left. This oh, has no. been a great call. And I feel like I know so much about this side of you and I thank you for it. And I feel bad because you said this is one of the many things you do. And I have a feeling you're the type of person who there probably could have been six different topics this call could have been about. So did you want to uh, approach the age thing? How old do you think I am? I mean, you said you're probably older than I think you are. Yes. Are we, I'm going to say maybe 50s? I just in September had my 60th birthday. Hey, happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You know, every age is great. I love it. Every age is great. I love it. And you know what else I love? And I'll say this genuinely. Yeah. Hearing that what? you're someone who's so in touch with who you've been your whole life, being open about the oh. fact that you've always been, had the kink side of things, the poly side of things. You're not judging other people for their yeah. sexuality and that you're still in oh. touch with your sexuality. It's another myth that people yeah. put out there is that that goes away with age. It doesn't have to. No, it doesn't go away with age. Oh, heavens no. Uh, if, it, if COVID weren't an issue, I would be deep dating multiple people right now. I have like three long-term uh, relationships that I'm still in, but I don't really get to see them because, you know, travel, COVID, blah, 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 blah. Now you got that booster. Yes, I just got the booster. I'm maybe very excited about Maybe it's about time that. to get out there. Maybe it's time to get out there. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. I'll just, I'll get a special, you know, sequin sparkly mask. Maybe with a Superman logo on the front. <laughs> Our time is up, which is a true shame. <laughs> since I could talk to you forever. Uh, you're great on the phone. This has been so lovely and so funny and fun and eye-opening. And also, outside of all the sensational si sensationalistic sides of it, I hope people listening here you're also living a real life and you're working and you're paying rent oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. I'm with you on the fact that maybe we can all let our guard down and be more open about, yeah. about this sign well, of life. It's a, it's a safe space for people to do just that. You know, and I'm a big fan of the show. So I'm looking forward to hearing all the shows between uh, now and when this one comes up. Oh, well, you know, we got to bump this one up right towards the front of the line. <laughs> well, that would be fun. And I'll, I'll send the link to all of my regular callers and say, hey, I'm, I'm famous. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> and the robot person will go, and so am I, it seems. Do they ever talk oh, like robots? Do they talk like robots? Uh, it depends on, on who it is. There's, okay, let me count. 
I have like six um, different robot fetishists right now. Uh And and they're all different. Uh I think one of them uses occasionally the robot voice with me. I do a hell of a Borg assimilation too. At some point, I just have to hang up. I'm so sorry because I want to talk to you forever. But at some point, I have to go. Oh, that's so good. Caller, thanks again. I really could talk to you forever. I hope we cross paths someday in some other context. Who knows? Maybe someday there's something I need to explore, and I'll go. Uh, I'll go figure figure out how to get in touch with you and see if you're the person to shepherd me towards comfort with my own sexual desires and wants and needs. Who knows? Anyway, thank you. This show is produced by Anita Flores. It's engineered by Marcus Hom and Jared O'Connell. Our theme song is by Shell Shag. If you want to know about me, including live dates when I'm out there on the road doing stand-up comedy and live beautiful anonymous tapings, go to chrisgeth.com. And hey, wherever you're listening, you can hit subscribe, favorite, follow. There's a button that says something like that. It really helps us when you hit that button. You can find our latest merch at podswag.com. There's mugs, shirts, posters, and a lot more. And if you want ad-free episodes of Beautiful Anonymous and tons of other shows, Stitch Premium. Use the promo code STORIES for a one-month free trial at stitcher.com slash premium. 